This is Y-Tune Shuffle. Y-Tune Shuffle, it's the music that informs our lives. The rules here are that there are no rules other than just bring in your music, mm. hit play. We- and then we get to pick your brain about why those songs. Listening to the stories we could tell. I've never heard this in my life. My first thing is, is so weird because <laughs> I... <laughs> because I lived, I grew up in a outside of New York City, and mm-hmm. so I decided, well, I'm going to go to the open, the only open mic that I knew of, which was the improv. And, you know, it was very, you know, I was terrible. I had no material. I was like 17 years old. Welcome to Y-Tune Shuffle, a celebration of the music that inspires our lives. With your hosts, comedian and radio personality, Maggie Mayfield, and Hollywood's secret weapon, David Earl Waterman. This is Y-Tune Shuffle. This is so cool. (laughs) Welcome to the first episode of 2018 of Y-Tune Shuffle. My name is Maggie Mayfield, your host. Sitting across from me this time is David Earl Waterman, a.k.a. Hollywood's secret weapon. Oh, my God. I think this is the first time I've seen you face-to-face this year. Yeah, this entire year, because the last time we actually saw was at our Christmas party. That's true. Yeah, a.k.a. uh, holiday party, but yeah, so... If you missed all those photos of the... Uh, the booth that we put together. They're all up on Instagram at Y-Tune Shuffle. What a great party. That was so much fun. It was. And I know we kind of took a break. There's been like lots of flu and then just Christmas is hard for people and that's okay. We You can have your phone on. I know. Okay. Is it important? No, I just, because uh, for our is game it? later on, I need to access my phone quickly. Yeah. So yeah. before we introduce our guest today, we do have some new things that are coming up and we definitely want to make this more of a listener interactive show. So we're looking to bring back the uh, listener story. So if you've got one and a song that is... That means something to you. We'd love to hear about it. Ytuneshuffle at gmail.com. And then a new game that we're coming up with is I. The, our guest today has already armed me with the five songs that she's brought in. And I've come up with little Ytunes nuggets. Mm-hmm. So little bits of information about each of those songs. So at any point, David, you can drop it and you'll be like, drop my nugget. I want to know more about this song. Drop a nugget. And this could be anything about the song itself, the artist, and their own sort of Ytune Shuffle story Absolutely. related directly to the song. Yeah. Yes. That's a beautiful sort of integration. But you only get one. Only one nugget per song? And only only there's only one nugget per song, but you only get one song. And then I'll drop all the rest of them online. So if you wanted to find ah, more okay. later. Okay, so it's a special nugget. It's yes. gotta be really spoken. Okay, so that. make sure you pick your song wisely. I will. And you can find those nuggets on any of our social media at YTunes Shuffle. So let's get to our guest. I'm so excited. Let's start it. Twenty eighteen. Uh welcome. Hello. Tuesday Thomas. Hello. There she is. There she is. Hello. She's with us. It's so hot. It's so good to be here. You, I'm so excited about this. I love Maggie. And I uh, love you too. Yeah. How did you guys so- meet? How did this whole thing get together? I'm I'm sure in the comedy world, yeah, right? So I think it was a place where I'd rather not say the name. <laughs> <laughs> wow, we're but off no, to no, a bang it here. An, it was an uh, quote unquote open mic. Probably. I'd rather ah, okay, not okay. bring up the yeah, venue. I mean, you all do like the. It was a bad memory. <laughs> She's like, it's a situation. But I mean, Maggie was great. It's mm-hmm. you know, just the people I, who ran, run I, that mic. I don't have an issue. I have an issue with, but that's neither here nor there. Tuesday has this. Oh, oh, I know exactly what you're talking about now. A Tuesday has this unbelievable ability to just get on stage and be like, I don't give an f about <laughs> anything, and you like nail it. Ever like, I never laugh harder than oh, when I see you on stage. You're just you. so fantastic. Thank you. And not only are you a comedian, but you also produce this amazing show in Los Angeles, which 
rightfully so should be called Los Angeles's most successful live show. Thank you. The Freak Show. Yeah, Freak Show. It's uh, we've been doing it for three years. Is that and all? We built it up from nothing. Yeah. Built it up to where I had to give away tickets on um, uh, philiseat.com <laughs> where you give away, you know, that's where theaters and stuff right. like we've got some extra tickets and we want to fill the house. So I had to that that's the only people that were coming were my philiseat people. But it, you know, we did the right thing. We tinkered with it. It's like a baby and we learned and we nurtured it and we got it to the point where it sells out. And it now, sells out. And I mean, mm-hmm. I, I've done live theater in this town for over 20 years and some really great, you know, experimental shows mm-hmm. and fake gallery for many years on Melrose. What's the secret? Why is it well, selling out? We're different. There's nothing like it. We're we're a dark comedic variety show. We have sideshow acts, character, well people doing well developed characters, musical comedy, stand up, performance art, and um, it's just we get the best. She and, does. It's really hard to get on your show because she's like, it books over a year out now. Yeah, really it's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. People get mad at me. They're like, I'm. Inter-. I'm like, I'm sorry. I mean, I have like two stand up spots, two character spots. Uh, two musical comedy spots and uh, uh, a performance art and a sideshow spot. And that's what I have. And I'm not changing it up or adding extra people to do any favors because that's how the show works. Are yeah. you the host? Mm-hmm. It's just Unlike you? Unlike the punk rock share, I change my outfit in between every act and I come out there. I love that. Yeah. The punk rock share. Yeah, I'd make these weird, strange outfits and they're all elaborate and sparkly and glittery but dark and twisted and mm. it's you, fun have you ever uh, seen Cher live you yes I have Ooh. I lived in Vegas that's amazing yeah. she I couldn't believe it yeah I couldn't believe it she comes out like from behind you on this giant ship that sails <laughs> through the sky and then she gets and then one time she she d- walked off stage right and then appeared in this revolving egg in the middle of the stage for the next song and then walks off another way and flies back on and it's just amazing and she still fits into those outfits i know way back how is she like in her 70s and still looks like she's 22 she's amazing because we can all do it 70 is the new 30 is it i'm thinking well you're (laughs) i mean (laughs) they raised the retirement age for social security so why not for entertainment well the thing too is is she's like got more money than god and she can afford a personal that's actually true trainer and this and that it's funny because i lived here for a short time and i think it was 2007 when the economy was bad Mm -hmm. and um had to move out because i couldn't find work but on the uh, uh, bus or the train over to the red line, there was this. <laughs> it's funny because Cher got mad because she was on the red line in what she thought was a disguise and people were recognizing her. <laughs> oh, what? Okay. So she's like, I can't even go out without people. I've tried to put on a big hat and a wig and a disguise. Isn't she really how did tall? People, yeah. How did people recognize me? And I'm like, because you took your personal trainer, your personal chef, and your <laughs> oh, housekeeper right. who's with you in every photo. Everybody knows what they look like. And they're, they're dressed regularly, surrounded by this woman in this wig and big hat and dark glasses and mm. scarf. Of course we're going to know it's you. Leave the entourage <laughs> at home exactly. next time. Keep the hat, leave the entourage. Yes. Real so, quick, uh, I met Tuesday in the parking lot and we got to chat. And I'm just it's so... In the mi- wait, let's clarify. It's the middle of the day and we're waiting for the show. It's not just like a parking lot. No, yeah. <laughs> well, it's like the spa. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Tuesday. I appreciate that I like Dave's creepy version, though. <laughs> I do, too, actually. Is Me, this too. A, is this a drug deal going down? Oh, this is going to be great. <laughs> it's, more, it's more fitting for my life. 
But I, I, I do have a pride of place. I, I'm very happy with the fact that I was born and raised in central New York State. I'm really super like motivated whenever I meet a fellow creative person. And there's tons of them, like Rod Serling, Tom Kenny from SpongeBob, Bob Goldthwaite. Paul Kozlowski. I mean, there's if a... you've never listened to the show before, we called David Earl Waterman Hollywood's secret weapon because he name drops like you would not believe. That's like, so funny. So just wait. There'll be more. Shamelessly. Shamelessly. Do you know yeah. the Moody Blues stayed on Cuca Lake and wrote, what's the album that night? Lights and White Satin as well. Oh, on nice. Cuca Lake? Cuca. One of the Finger Lakes I want to... <laughs> you were born up there near Rochester, mm-hmm. which we used to call Rochester. Um, I just want to know... Is that where you began to start to feel this motivation this to be creative from living in this? Ladies and gentlemen, the DeFranco family. Feet. <laughs> <laughs> did, is, did, was it? Did it go back to your roots, or did you discover your talents and stuff and desire to perform and create after you left? I mean, did no, you, no, no. I it was happened always, from the beginning. I was always. I had an. I had an aunt who was the life of the party. And everybody to what this day name? says um, that I'm just like her, Alice. Your Aunt Alice was the life of the party? She was always the life of the party. She was loving and caring, but always wanted everybody to laugh, always telling jokes, always, you know, and everybody says you're just like her. And um, I remember the first joke she ever told me. Oh. I can't wait for this. <laughs> well, it was, how did Captain Hook die? How did Captain Hook die? He wiped with the wrong hand. Oh, my God. <laughs> what? Ouch. So How old were you? I, I don't remember, but I couldn't have been more than five. Oh, my God. Perfect five-year-old Yeah. She right? taught me how to hold my hand in a hook formation and pantomime the wiping. Oh and then gosh. told me to go and tell everybody else. <laughs> Get the five-year-old to tell the joke. And I went and I did it. And she just sat in the corner of the room just laughing hysterically while all the others, like the guys are laughing. Some of the female relatives were giggling, but my mother's just like, why? Why do you do that? Thank you, Aunt Alice. Oh, yeah. She was great. That's a bad joke. No, but I mean, well, you know. For a five-year-old, that's adorable. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, um... Should we get into some music? Sure. Here we go. Sure. The, the Y tunes like, and the shuffle this, starts. I mean, Maggie uh, kind of explained the show to me. So this Tell- song that she's going to play, like I had to buy a second 45 of this because I played this over and over. I'm so much. I'm surprised. I love that. Bring right. it. Bring it. I don't know what the song's it's so are. so cheesy. I love it. All right. Here we go. Song number one. Need to Frank. Brush that you would sing into. Yeah. <laughs> to hear the sound of a heartbeat. There it is. There it is. Heartbeat. It's a love beat. Oh my god. The DeFranco family. family. Yeah. Wow. So I thought he was so cute because my mother's Italian, so I have this thing. Any if you're a guy and your name ends in a vowel, I'm probably gonna end up doing you at some point. <laughs> <laughs> But I thought Tony DeFranco was so cute, and I just played that over, and I danced, and I sang. And it's, um, 
it's so funny because one of my uh, friends now, um, I met her a couple years ago, and she does these weird performance art, funny character things. I don't know if you know Charlotte Edmondson at all. Mm-hmm. You know Charlotte? Mm-hmm. She in one of the first time I saw her was at an open mic, and she's doing this act, and in the middle of it, she starts singing "Heartbeat." It's a love beat. And oh my I god! You're like instinctively instant. started singing along with it really loud, and afterwards she's like. I didn't think anybody but me knew that song. Wow. <laughs> so what, do you remember hearing it for the first time? I don't. I just remember having the record and having a little portable record player and just playing it over and over again. On, it's, it, was, it was a 45. Was this in your room? Mm-hmm. I used to buy my 45s at Woolworth. Do you remember where the store was that you... I don't. Let me think about that. I in really your hometown. Don't. I just remember... Driving everybody up a wall over and over again, and, and buying uh, uh, I think it was called Tiger Beat magazine. Oh yes, yep. of course. Tiger, Tiger Beat Tiger magazine, Beat. and scouring it for Tony DeFranco. <laughs> <laughs> when I look back on it, he's like, you know, I mean, he's just he's short and squatty, and he wasn't any, but it was Tony DeFranco. Who are you yeah. driving crazy? Like, what was the Everybody. dynamic in the house? I had an older t- brother, t- an older brother, his name? Uh, Doug. He was uh, he's five years older and a younger sister, and um, my mom and my stepdad. Oh, who, your mom and stepdad. Yeah, I had yeah. step very yeah. common situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and I just that song over and over and over. What again. did your room look like? Did you have posters on the wall? I had posters on the wall. I remember there was, at one point, there was a, a Leif Garrett. <laughs> remember because oh. he had that poster that had the big bulge? I do what, remember. I don't even I know what you're those, Don't about. ask me why Leif I remember, Garrett but I and do. and Sean Cassidy were the same era, uh-huh. kind of the same era. Mm-hmm. And Leif had, he was um, shirtless, and he had these kind of tight set and pants on. And he had yeah. a bulge. There was a bulge. <laughs> yeah. He had... The bulge. Were you like mm-hmm. eight, nine, ten younger? I'm so bad with numbers. It must have been right around there, yeah. Pre-teen. See, we called yeah. him Leaf. I thought it was Leaf Garrett. It's Leif. I think it's Leif. I'm sure you're right, I but think I'm it's from Leif. Yeah, he's I'm, balding and he still has those beautiful eyes. So I've oh. seen pictures. It doesn't of him change the bulge, though. No, it no. doesn't at all. <laughs> <laughs> and balding is nothing. I don't mean to say he's balding now, like that's a bad thing, no, you know. But it's just it was because he had that full head of curly blonde hair. Did anybody actually sit you down and try to? sway you into not playing it do you ever remember a no because conflict? i think it was one of those situations where like she's busy she's yeah, <laughs> keep, keep her occupied yeah, yeah i mean i was a i didn't have a great life i mean which kind of leads in will lead into the next song well um, okay. but Let's i didn't it. have it a great life that um you know my mother had an issue she went through an early menopause oh, wow. and back then there was no computers to you know to to integrate or you know have the doctors contact each other she went doctor shopping so there was this shelf above our kitchen sink that had liberiums seconds demerols darbons darbacets percocets percodan oh everything that was and back then they were um orange labeled were the fda mm-hmm. the, so a whole row of orange labeled downers and drugs that did she know that it was early menopause or was that something that came? Well, that's what a, one doctor gave her some stuff for that mm-hmm. back then. And um, then she liked it. She went to another doctor and, you know, so she kind of doctor shopped and she had a whole bunch. And, it, 
you know, so that's kind of how I grew up in my like tweens and stuff was like, I never knew what my was going to be happening with my mother. Right. She was a great woman. Don't get me wrong. Right. Right. But I could come home and she could be in tears. She could be happy. She could be miserable, but it was all the drugs, Mm. you know, looking back on it, it was really no fault of her own. It was, I mean, there's somewhat, I mean, but when you look at the time period and the way things were, it was one of those happenstances. And my stepfather worked as a trucker, so he was gone constantly, you know, because my real father had left mm-hmm. um, when we were really young. And so, you know. Did you like going to school? Was that kind of an escape nah, for you? No. You no. just locked no. yourself upstairs in the bedroom? No, I kind of was ADD-ish, uh, kind of, and I have severe anxiety. And I remember being little, and for the ADD, the doctor gave me coding. It was a conine syrup they gave the kids because my really? mother was like, oh, she's all over the place. Oh, oh, oh. And the doctor was like, oh, here, try this. Calm down. Yeah. Well, you know, if I had been born 20 years earlier, they would have uh, prescribed cigarettes to calm you down. Yeah. I know older people that they had done that, too. They used to do that. The nicotine will calm them down, have them smoke. That's you right. Know, back in the 40s oh and 50s. Dip the pacifier in a little bit of whiskey. Yeah, yeah, yeah my yeah. mom used to do that. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's, I mean, and look where we are now in our society with all of that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, or, uh, yeah. pharmaceutical. I hate whiskey to this day. Oh, God. <laughs> so that leads into your next song. Yep. And this that is was a little bit of the. So mm-hmm. let's go into song number two. Soundtrack of uh, Pain. Yeah, this starts out really. I think I have the wrong version of it, but no. I can see the album cover on here. Okay, that's, that's the one. Okay. This feels very. Something's coming. I don't know. Lou Reed. Yeah. Nailed it. Just where I'm going. Never heard it before in my life. You've never heard that so far? No. Oh my god. So I love this show. But I'm this is a it's heroin. For the kingdom if I can. Cause it makes me feel like I'm a man. When I put a spike into my veins. Okay. I just love how it starts out slow and then as he's, he's rushing and then the music gets up. And then later on the music will go down and she go down into the heroin thing and then it'll rush back up again. Oh, this is the song that's closest to feeling like a real drug. Mm-hmm. Like you had, you had the psychedelic uh, era, you know, and all those Sgt. Peppers and, you, mm. you know, Jefferson... Uh, uh, airplane and all that that were influenced by LSD. But LSD is kind of a personal brain thing, mm-hmm. you know? So, like, all that music is great and it kind of resembles an acid trip, but that's all relative and subjective to who you are and what kind of trip you have. Mm-hmm. Whereas this, this music is like, it's real. Yeah. It's a body thing when you do 
heroin and those drugs. And back in those days, I didn't do heroin, but I was doing speedball. So I was stealing my mother's values and buying black beauties. Wow. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what killed John Belushi. So, mm-hmm. I mean, all the stuff I've been through in life, I should be dead. So I'm very happy that I made it this far. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> but I remember um, that's the feeling I wanted to get. That's, you know, I have anxiety. I have uh, ADHD. I mean, I get that feeling. That's the exact feeling that my life is, and that's what I was trying to escape. I was trying to escape my life by adding that feeling to it. And I remember one time waking up on the ground with all my friends looking over the top of me, going, uh, 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 is she breathing? Is she breathing? Because oh I had done a bunch of black beauties and a bunch of Valiums. Was and this I just, an adolescence or an adulthood? Uh, probably 15. Okay. Yeah. So and you're dipping into mom's supply. And going out and getting it. the you other blow? Getting the, coke? No, it was Black Beauties. Oh, the, the Beauties were yeah, the Speed the beauties. and then the Opiates. Mm-hmm. Who, and, do you remember like who introduced you to that stuff or were you kind of um, either I, a loner or like the ringleader? I was, I was kind of a loner. I wasn't really the ringleader. I kind of fell in with that group, mm-hmm. you know, because they were accepting. Mm-hmm. And I remember waking up and looking at all my, f- the group of friends over the top of me going, should we, anything? Should we call a doctor? What should we do? And I just sat bolt upright, stood up and said, okay, let's go listen to some music. Like nothing had happened. Wow. When I look back on it, I probably was very close to death there. Because they said what happened was I was standing there talking a mile a minute. And then all of a sudden I just fell backwards over and bam, hit the ground. We were outside. It just hit the ground. And, um, and that's one of the songs I'm like, okay, we got back in the house. I'm like, put on Lou Reed, put mm. on heroin. So this song followed that event. Yeah, it followed that oh, event. This but great. this is another yeah. song that I played over and over and over and over again. Because I could, you know, like I said, how the music would crescendo and get faster and faster. And if you listen more into the song, it starts to slow down and it goes down. And each song is soft for a while. And then all of a sudden it gets better and it gets faster and it gets faster. And, you know, goes up. so this song is your, so real about the, yeah, it's a physical feeling that he was able to like put into music, which is mm-hmm. how can you do that? Did your mom have any idea that you were taking her no. stuff? No, there was just so many of them. Yeah. <laughs> there was just so many. No, no idea whatsoever. Does she now? Uh, no, I don't think I've ever brought that up with her because that was just a time period where yeah. it's kind of a blackout to her in, in some ways and kind of a rough spot. And she's a great woman. I what's mean, your yeah? What do you? What's your relationship with her now? Oh, I talk to her once or twice a week, and you know, great relationship. Um, she, she had a horrible life. Her mother was very abusive. She was brought up in Catholic uh, school, being left-handed and oh, wow. Oh, wow, yeah. being treated like a bastard child because her parents got married a week before she was born. She didn't know it until she was 30-something Right. that that was the case, but that's another thing they treated her bad as. And her mother, she had to be sent off to live with her mother, who was an alcoholic. My grandmother was a town whore. She really was. Oh, wow. I can tell you stories. Like I remember well, sitting that's in why a, you're yeah. here. Yeah. <laughs> I, I remember sitting in a bar and um and uh having her come and sit next to me with uh walking out her she walked out of the bathroom with toilet paper, her dress tugged into her pantyhose and toilet paper hanging out sitting next to me mm. and not recognizing who I am and wow. looking at me saying, You remind me of my favorite granddaughter. You remind me of her here and I'm just like, Yeah, whatever, just get away from me. She oh was a horrible gosh. woman. See But she liked me. There were certain ones she had she had nine children. 
And then my grandfather, when he remarried, he had 15 kids. And then my mother and her sister were from the two of them. So it was a large family. Wow. And, but my grandmother's, all her kids were from four different marriages and seven different men. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. Yeah. She was like, I mean, my mother would tell stories about leaving school and bumping into her mother at two o'clock in the afternoon on the street and her mother didn't even recognize her. She was so drunk. Oh my gosh. And she slept with any man and she was like the original Kardashian because <laughs> she really was. <laughs> wow. <'Cause> she, <laughs> she had no talent. She was drunk and she slept with many, many, many men of any color. Was she famous too for no reason? <laughs> yeah. Infamous. <laughs> and, yeah, where she lived. Everybody yeah. pretty much knew. I remember... Um, uh, being with somebody, being with a friend, driving down the street, and she, my grandmother was trying to cross the street, and my friend was like, "You know who that woman is? That woman is just just an old drunken slap blah." And I'm like, "Yeah, I know. That's my grandmother." And my friend's like, "Oh, shut up! You're so funny." I'm like, "No, that's really that's my grandmother." Oh my gosh, Tuesday, I can relate. <laughs> I, I, I can so I can so relate. I I grew up in a household with a, a heroin addicted mm-hmm. stepfather. And uh, reputation. So, yeah. I dated uh, one of the town cops' daughter, mm. and it wouldn't be much later in my life where I realized that that they were not pleased that I was the one that was dating her. It mm. was, and they they knew all of our secrets. The town knew my family's secrets. Yeah. You said that when Grandma would come out with the toilet paper stuck in the pantyhose, it was kind of like ah whatever. But to me, it's like you know when we're growing up, the we, we got a deck of cards in our brain that's getting shuffled and shuffled and mm-hmm. shuffled, and then we get to a certain age or an awareness, and also you got to deal those cards. Like, is it now still like whatever, or did it hit you in the ass sometime in your life later? I don't think it really hit me in the ass at all. I think really? it just was one of those things where like this is my lot in life, and this is what I got to deal with. I mean, I have jokes about her in my act, and you know, I mean, it's it's who I am. It's part of where I came from, and. Um, she had her favorites and her favorites were treated like royalty, Mm. but there was only like, um, three of us. I was like the only grand kid that was a favorite. Um, and then she had two other daughters that were her favorites and the rest of them were just pieces of shit. Mm -hmm. That's a weird place to be is like knowing that you're someone's favorite. My dad dated but, someone for a while but the favorite to her was like you know she's not gonna slap us upside the head she's not gonna talk bad about us she's going to let us do these extra things but at the same time you gotta clean up her puke you gotta uh-huh. go get her cigarettes you gotta go try to like argue with the guy at the liquor store to let you bring home a bottle when you're underage wow. because you have a note from her saying it's okay you know uh-huh. i mean so there are certain things <laughs> and then go that watch go the brady with, bunch yeah. right <laughs> Right. Uh-huh. Or the DeFranco family. Right. <laughs> Bring it back. I mean, to be honest with you, my mother kept us away from her. I didn't know who my grandmother was until I think the first time I actually met her, I was five or six. And I was with my older brother on the street. Mm-hmm. And she stopped and started talking to me and fawning over me and kind of like not being rude to my brother, but kind of dismissing him and stuff. And mm-hmm. so as we walked away, I was like, who is that? And I, I do. I remember saying to him, who is that? And he's like, well, that's your grandmother. That's mom doesn't want us to talk to her. She's not a nice lady. And I remember maybe a couple years later being somewhere with family and she showed up drunk mm-hmm. and she was acting like she met me for the first time. Oh, my gosh. You know, she'd see me. So that's the thing. That's part of one of my jokes. Like, you know, I mean, my grandmother was such a drunken slut. I didn't know her <laughs> until 
the first time I met her, I was five. But in all fairness, she was such a drunk that the first time she met me, I was eight. That's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. We didn't laugh. We'd cry. Were you the favorite, Maggie, you were saying? Your your dad married? Well, my dad was dating before his wife. Now, she was a not nice lady and convinced my dad and my younger sister that they were not related. And they had a very strained relationship for years and years and years. And I was definitely the favorite. And she would take me out shopping and like buy all these things for me. And like that, I went down spiral for sure. I was getting like F's in school and I was not doing, not doing very well. And she was not, she's not a nice lady. Yeah. I I wasn't doing well in school either. I think part of it's, I'm a little bit dyslexic too. And they didn't know how to deal with that. They didn't know how to deal with ADD. I was doing a lot of drugs. Yeah. I mean, I remember at 15, uh, tripping, like mm-hmm. being in biology class and it was the day we had to cut open the frog and the frog oh. I mean that didn't bother me too much was cutting open the frog it was the frog talking to me because yeah. I was the first time I ever tripped and it was window pane don't do it don't do it don't ow ow and I just remember walking straight out of Going, I got to go to the bathroom, and I walked straight out of the school, walked down a few blocks, and there was a cemetery down there, and I went and sat in that cemetery and tripped my you-know-what's off and just yeah. loved it. Who was your best friend in school? Um, most of the time early on it was my little sister, but that's because I had to protect her from stuff, so it gave me a chore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I couldn't a distraction, concentrate on, yeah, 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 responsibility. Yeah, and then as I got older... Um, there was this, this small group of weirdos and stoners and stuff that we always did everything together. And of course it was all drug fueled. So that, mm-hmm. you know, that's going to blow up at some point. Where well, did we, you do uh, it? Like in the parking lot behind school? Or uh, like? Anywhere we can. I remember getting busted and getting in school suspension because I lit a joint right on the steps. <laughs> As I walked out, I pulled it out, lit it up and the steps were right there where the principal's office window was. I'm just so <laughs> out of it. I lit it up. He thought it was a cigarette. So he, he just said, yeah, you can't smoke cigarettes on school property. You got, we got in school suspension. I'm like, oh, that's fine. Whatever. I don't want to go to class anyway. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I remember being caught in the girl's bathroom, um, smoking and, uh, smoking cigarettes. But one of the girls I was with had a pipe. And because we were passing the pipe, and it was pot, not we didn't have not crack. We didn't have crack and meth, meth back then so much. <laughs> um, but she threw it in her purse, and as we're sitting there in the principal's office, I'm I look to the side and I can see smoke starting to come slowly because <laughs> it's still lit, <laughs> it's still burning, and I'm just like waving it away going yep yep we'll do whatever we'll do whatever you want mm-hmm. we'll, we'll 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 take the suspension we'll do whatever and she's trying to argue and I'm just like. Shut up. Shut up. I, I'm reticent to, to tell these stories because I, I don't want young people to be overly excited about trying to mimic it, but I guess it's out of my control totally. This you, It reminds me of a time I was in a bathroom with my buddy Zane Cotto. We were passing the pipe back and forth, and, and my school was one of these with a bathroom, had one of those windows that kind of opened up mm-hmm. from the bottom. And Dean Pickens, the head of the history department, comes back bashing into the into the bathroom and Zane instinctively tosses the prototype out of the window and it doesn't have anything you know accessible on him for contraband or anything like that so we had to talk our way out of it It was already smelling like smoke when we came right right the funny thing about it my friend Bobby O was in the courtyard underneath the window and the prototype hit him on the leg (laughs) oh my gosh (laughs) like from heaven oh god the days oh my god I remember are we alive I remember dry being in this girl Dawn, this girl Dawn, had 
the car. That's a great upstate New York name, Dawn. Dawn. <laughs> she had the car. And what so, was the car? Yeah. I, I don't remember, but it was the car that fit everybody. Like, you know, <laughs> the, the front and the back seat were really one seat all the uh, way across. Yeah, you the know. bench. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the bench, bench seat. Bench seating. Good job. <laughs> and we were parked on the side of the street, and we had been... Um, there was a little rip that she had fixed on the back of the front seat, mm-hmm. and she put duct tape over it to, so it didn't rip more. But that's where we kept all our drugs. We were driving around. We'd pull it open and shove all the drugs in there. And we were drinking Boone's Farm pre-made tequila sunrises and mm. screwdrivers. Mm. Great. <laughs> and it's still, daylight out. Oh, it's still daylight out. It's still daylight out. It's still daylight out. And this cop is slowly coming up the street. So everybody starts freaking out, going, there's a cop behind us. Because we're parked on the side, you know. Mm-hmm. But they're like, okay, let's cop, let the cop go by. And then we'll just drive off. We'll just go somewhere else because we don't want to be around here. And um, right as somebody said there's a cop, I turned and looked out the window. And that's where the cop, <laughs> that's when the cop was right next to us. And his window was open. And I, as I turned, I hurled all over the cop car. Oh. One of our windows were open, and I hurled all over the cop car. The <laughs> cop didn't notice it right away, I don't think, because he kept going, and he turned a corner. And that's when they were, and I don't think they realized, uh, the only person who realized was my friend Mike, who was sitting next to me in the middle. Uh-huh. But I don't think anybody else in the car really realized what I had just done, because they were ready to go. And Don flipped a U-turn and went the other way, and we drove away, and we got away with it. But Mike is going nuts, going, "Oh my God, she just fucking puked all over the cop. She just puked <laughs> over the cop car. I can't believe this. I can't believe this happened." It's just I must have just thrown my head to the side to look out the window and being the dumb blonde, going, "Where's the cop?" <laughs> oh my gosh. I was there. I mean, I, these are stories that are playing. far too familiar. I'm sure our listeners will agree. We've all so heard that story. Then I wow. came I came out to um a Sacramento and lived out here for a while and before I went back to New York. Um after high school, right after high school, I just immediately was like, I have to get away from all of this. Why? Because uh, eight is enough lived in Sacramento? Why does an upstate New Yorker go to Sacramento? I had, I had um I grad I got out of school early somehow. Oh, okay. I graduated early by wow. going on a work program because I had to get out. And I was such a terror that my parents were like, "There's sh- my mother had an aunt ah. on the Italian side who lived out there. Mm-hmm. So she can go, they can, got it. you know, they're Christian and or Catholic and they'll be, be better influenced, blah, blah, blah. And you can go out and live with there and maybe that'll do you good. But the thing was, they were like alcoholic in their 70s, lived on the first floor of a duplex. I mean, I didn't even have to tie sheets together to get out. You know? <laughs> I just got to walk past them through the front door. <laughs> you know? Welcome to Sacramento. I mean, it was like boom. And they were passed out like a light at like 7 o'clock at night in their, because they were such alcoholics. So I could do anything. So I came out to Sacramento and I found like, you know, punk and new wave and all that. In Sacramento. Yeah, yeah. I found all that all stuff. I know of that all is that like music. Old town Sacramento where it's That's like, the capital of yeah. this. Right? I lived um oh gosh, I can't it remember now. I think it was um R Street or P Street at like thirteenth and I lived in the second floor of this house. And when I would leave to go off I forget what job I had, it's some 
forget the job. But I remember leave, I, I saw <laughs> the drug haze. Yeah. Wow. I would leave and I'd walk down the street and three houses down there was this older woman with an orange tree in her yard. And I never had fresh oranges so i saw her outside like can i pick an orange it's so cool you know yeah yeah yeah. she's like oh yeah honey go ahead and pick whatever so almost every day or at least three four times a week she'd be out at the same time i was and she'd you want some more oranges or can i be you know she was so sweet and everything and um i just started hey how are you today you know being friendly and stuff well another neighbor had seen me do this and they pulled me aside and they said why are you talking to her (gasps) What? Uh, and I'm like, well, she's a sweet, sweet older lady, you know? I mean, why wouldn't I? Don't you know who that is? I'm like, just some neighbor lady who's given the me free orange. Yeah, yeah, you know? That's Gypsy. Who's Gypsy? Gypsy was the babysitter during the man- the murders that Manson committed. <gasps> and the only reason she got off is because she stayed home and babysat the kids. I she swear to God, I saw that coming. I saw that <laughs> Did coming. You see that I coming? saw that coming. I was going to say something about the Manson family. As soon as you made that. Tuesday, it's, this yeah. is a White Tunes connection. It's telling you, it was what crazy. The, f- the hairs are like standing I, up right I now. I knew you were gonna. I knew she, she was connected anybody. to the mess. She babies had the kids. Neither <laughs> did Squeaky. Was- Neither did Squeaky. Yeah, they were not all bad. <laughs> and what were you supposed to do? Is say no to free oranges? I'm supposed to like know everything about that. In turn, got me inter- interested in the whole like Manson oh, sure. thing. Too. I will guarantee you, we will never have a guest on this show that was that, that close, close to the Manson that family. degree of separation we, I, from the Manson know. family. Tuesday, but Damn. that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, it's it's insane. And so my cousin that lived in Sacramento worked for um, uh, the courts. And I was talking to her about, oh, I'm learning about this Manson fat was crazy, blah, 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 blah. And she's like, oh, I have access to all the files. Come on down and you can see them. So I got to look through all the court files of the murder and saw the horrific pictures of the murder scene and everything like that. Because at that point, at that time, I don't know where they are now, but at that time they were in the records department in the Capitol, Mm -hmm. in Sacramento's Capitol. Mm -hmm. Look out! Helda's Gelder. Whoa. What's the... I don't, I'm afraid to go to the next song. I was going to say, this is like... I can sense this is the beginning of where Freak Show kind of well, started. kind of that. But yeah. this song, the next song is... Um, well, don't give it away. Well, Surprise. It's, yeah, it's just kind of... Uh, it was a time I was doing a lot of drugs still. I was trying to find myself. But throughout of everything I'd been through, I was always optimistic, even though I was fatalistic i'm a realist you know the glass is half full i'm a i'm a bit of an optimist but i also know that eventually you got to fill that fucker back up (laughs) (laughs) so that's kind of where i was in life with this next song wonderful all right this is tuesday's song number three the only accordion Rock band. <laughs> yeah. Wait, Zydeco? No. The accordion rock new wave band. Well, you didn't wake up this morning because you didn't go to bed. You were watching the whites of your eyes turn <laughs> dance to swim. The calendar on your wall. I love it. It's great. Never heard it. Off. You've been reading some old it's fun. You smile and think how much you've changed. All the money all 
right, so who is this? Da da. Da da. Wow, yeah, you gotta be cool as bleep to know da da. Da da, this is the day. This is the day. You stayed up all night and you're watching the whites of your eyes turn red. Uh All your friends say that you're lucky and they think that you're lucky too, but what they don't see is when you're left alone with the memories of your life that. I forget the exact one now. What they never see is when you're left alone with the memories that hold your life together like glue. Mm. It's like, okay, you've been through shit. You're still going through shit. Your life is like, I'm I'm up all night. Because I used to, I used to like be up all night doing whatever drug was passing me, whatever yeah. alcohol was there. And I could make it to work the next day. And everybody was like, you're just so happy and peppy. You're just uh, so sweet. You yeah. have such a good life, you know? You have such a good outlook on life. And I'm thinking, you don't know what I've been through. Yeah. Those memories that I have that that's what makes me a human being and that's what's back in my mind that I'm not sharing with you. You know, you don't always what you see is not always what you get with a person. Isn't that the truth? But this is the day that my life might fall into place. <laughs> this is the day <laughs> that my life will surely change. I had that optimistic like, yeah, it's going to get better. Do you <laughs> the trick for me is cuz I'm the same way people are always like you're so peppy and so happy. It's like, well, you have no idea some of the BS that I've put up with. But sometimes when it feels so depressing, when I'm like, oh, if I go to bed, like, how am I going to get up in the morning? Mm -hmm. For me, sometimes I'm like, when I get up tomorrow, I get to have coffee. (laughs) Like Sometimes it's just something that little that's like, it's going to be okay. I get to pet my dog. That's what gets me through. Yeah, Nice. That's okay. Yeah, that's what. But did you grow up in an atmosphere? It sounds like you might have grown grown, grown up in a similar atmosphere, maybe not about the drugs and the abuse and stuff, but never let them see a sweat. Mm -hmm. You don't. Whatever your issue is, you don't take it outside the house. You don't talk to anybody. Nobody's nobody can know. Yeah, and that's the way I was brought up. Everything's handled inside, but we never did handle anything. That was the yeah, crap of it. We didn't either. Yeah, mine. Know. I was a little bit different. I was more like the white sheep of the family. I say because my family was all into like the drugs and the bad stuff and the gambling and like the the. <laughs> as I'm growing older, learning a lot about like money laundering and like just some crazy stuff that my family was into and then they're like maggie's amazing like she's a good student and she's ambitious and driven like here tap dance for everyone and like Mm -hmm. show them how great you are and Mm -hmm. we're the cool clan and and that's fun and so it was like i didn't even know what i was hiding for everybody i was just like yay i'm going to go i I was deflecting away from everybody letting Mm -hmm. anybody everybody else's issues be hidden because they could get me Mm mm-hmm they could come at me for my actions, mm-hmm. you know, and the way I dealt with it was, you know, just make them laugh. Yeah. Just make them laugh and yeah. then they'll forget all about it. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't be mad that long at somebody who makes you laugh. That's so true. You can't. And I also learned things like when I was living at home, like I'm going to get shit when I get home late <laughs> and they're going to smell the, the, the whiskey on my breath or the whatever on my breath they're going to get. I'm going to get in trouble. They both got to get up the next morning and leave the house. Why don't I just stay out all night wait till after they've left come home take a nap so when they get home i'm refreshed and they're tired from the work day so i can take whatever they're giving me from being a bad person you Uh know (laughs) Hmm. do you have kids now no Mm -mm. no after i was because my mother's oldest and being the oldest of the oldest i was babysitting kids and Mm -hmm. you know stuff i don't want yeah. No. No, that's okay. I can't. I and plus I'm just you know everything that goes on. I just couldn't bring a child into this world. It's 
There's enough people that can do that. And we're, we're populated. Fine. It's not like. You don't um, need my help. It's yeah. not Adam and Eve time, you yeah. know, or I've got to like. Where were you living when you heard the, the for the first time? I think it was Sacramento. It was in Sacramento. Yeah. So you're in your later teens? Uh, yeah, I think. Uh, yeah. Almost 20, probably. Do you remember yeah. any of the punk rock clubs or the scene? Like I just remember walking. It was all downtown Sac, and there was just, it was crap down there. They had just <laughs> built that mall, that K Street mall, and it was just like, it was dingy. It was fun. Uh-huh. Dingy, downtown Sac. Yeah, yeah. Sac not old Sac. Not old Sac, downtown. Mm-hmm. You know. Do you remember your 21st birthday when you were finally legally allowed to do all that stuff? Oh, no, that was 18 back then. Oh, my God, what? 18. 18 in New York, and then when I moved to California, it was 18, and the year I turned 21 is when they changed it to 21. So, But it didn't, I didn't care because I'd been doing it for so long. It was no big deal to me. That's yeah. what I was wondering if, like, had you when you turned 18, you were like, oh, now I can do this yeah. anytime I want. <laughs> I was 18 my senior year in high school, and I was drinking at a bar my student teacher social worker was bartending at, and it was the most awkward thing for him. Oh, my him. God, that is so funny. I was just about to say a story that's almost exactly like that. Something's happening. There's, um, <laughs> I was, I think, in 10th grade, and the summer before, I had gone into this bar. This is, this is the dumbest, weirdest story. I'd gone into this bar and drinking with all these people, mm-hmm. getting away with it, no problem whatsoever. But I decided that I really liked the beer glasses, the mugs. Mm-hmm. So I would, one by one, I took them outside and I hid them of course. in some bushes. Mm-hmm. Of course. I got up to like 10. Mm-hmm. And as I'm coming back in from the last one, I walk by this woman who I knew. She happened to have been my babysitter when I was little. Whoa. That's the other thing. My mother dropped me off with a friend of hers who she thought was great. She thought was on the up and up, but she was an alcoholic too. Oh, wow. And so, like, we were left to run wild with her kids. She's supposed to be babysitting and getting paid, but she's passed out drunk. Mm-hmm. My mother did not was not aware of this was happening. But it was my babysitter when I was young. And I stopped and said, hi, Donna, how are you? <laughs> she was trying to mack on some guy, you know. Oh, and you're like ruining it for her. But, but at first she was like, I'm fine. And then <gasps> she realized who I was. And then she went and told the bartender. The bartender then grabbed me, kicked me out. And I walked and I didn't realize he's probably still watching me. But I walked immediately over to the shrubs and started picking up my 10 glasses that I had staffed there and he came over he's like these are property of the bar give them back and then in 10th grade in uh, social I think it was social studies um, the student teacher was that bartender Whoa. And I remember sitting there looking at him, going, "Don't recognize me." No, that's a, me. the student teacher, me. right? It the was never the regular teacher. teacher. Yeah. It was like, Maggie, did you drink underage in bars? Uh yes. Okay, can we do a round robin? <laughs> okay. Name one bar that you drank in underage. Oh my god! Just the name of it. Divas. Uh, just one. Well, just see how, see how far. Uh, Chi Cheese. Chi Cheese. D- yeah, go ahead. The dugout. Nice. Divas. Divas. Yeah. Chi-Chi. Can we do another round? Sure. Oh, I don't know. Okay. The North 40. Um, uh, the Red Rooster. <laughs> the Swinging Door. There we go. We got two rounds. <laughs> that might be something down the road That's we'll look funny. at. Where did you yeah. name of bars you drank in under it? <laughs> That's kind of a foreshadowing of a later event we're going to have in the show. But I love it. Okay. 
All right, I liked all these songs. Are we ready for song number four? Number four. Let me think. Okay, the, now this skips forward way into the 90s. Okay. Yeah, this skips forward in the 90s. I was been bartending uh, for many, many years. And um, yeah, here you go. I mean, I'm sure you know what this one is. Mm-hmm. having a a moment as we're closed. Yeah, I can't tell if it's uh, joy, constipation, or orgasm, to be Uh honest. (laughs) Yes, yes, and yes. I want it to be all of them. Same face for all three. (laughs) So the Smashing Pumpkins. Yeah, I love anything by them. Uh This is my favorite song, of course, but uh, the whole double CD of Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness was just constantly being played, Mm -hmm. too. Constantly, I mean, there was just something about Billy's voice. Um, I was, I had been doing really well and not really partying much, you mm-hmm. know, trying to get my life together and stuff. And then um, I'd been bartending for many, many years at different places, and I got a job in uh, a club mm-hmm. and got a bad boyfriend who was. Uh, <laughs> I hate to admit this, but he was a glue huffer. What? Oh, what is really? that? Uh, where they take airplane glue and they put or paint and they put it in a bag and they're yeah and they, oh, they breathe God. it in to get high. Paint glue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Turpentine. And I had a horrible relationship, and he kind of put me in the hospital because he went crazy and kind of did a <gasps> very close to a Stephen King Shining type thing. Oh my God! Yeah, oh, wow. on me, and I had just. Ended that, got this job in this club, was trying to get my stuff together, and wasn't together mm-hmm. from all that, and was doing fuck tons of coke. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's probably three times more than a shitload is a fuck ton. <laughs> <laughs> I believe that's in the textbook. Yeah. What what when you say you ha, what what's the definition of having it together? Prior to this fuck ton of coke. Um, I thought. What's that, that look like? Well, I don't know. I don't know because I wasn't. I was trying to like oh, okay. deal with what, you know, learn from my mistakes, trying to bring everything up and let it go and go mm-hmm. forward and I have see. a better life and all that. But I didn't know how to do it. I didn't know. I you were aware. I don't think anybody knows how to. So I don't think anybody knows how to, but I think you get to a certain point either with therapy or on your own or whatever tools you can find that you know that it can be done and you know what not to do. Mm-hmm. I don't think you necessarily know what to do, but you know what not to do. That's I still point. didn't know what not to do. Mm-hmm. That's what I think the separation is. But you're still in your 20s at this point. No, no. At this point, um, 30s. Okay. Yeah. And it was, um, yeah, it wasn't good at all. And I would take, I would go on like a Coke binge for like three days mm-hmm. and then i had xanax at home to like help me sleep so i'd sleep for like a couple of days you know yeah. and again it's a wonder that i even ever woke up from that and um and so the the this got me through that mm-hmm. you know they're, they're they're i've always been told by all my friends you listen to such depressing music 
<laughs> but it makes me happy. To me, the, this song makes me happy. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's cool but song. I mean, if you look at it from a different perspective, I could see how it's very, it's just melancholy. Did you live with this guy, this guy that was a huffer? Oh, yeah, yeah. What was the apartment like? Um, he had the basement. We had the downstairs with the basement. Um, we had the first floor, and then there was a basement. The basement was just a hoarder's dream. Mm. Yeah. But that's because I kept the top clean. Mm-hmm. But he would just, in the middle of the night, be out, and I would know it, and he'd come in the side door and just start collecting stuff and building things in the basement that weird. And I remember um, when he went crazy on me, it was because his spiritual tree that was in a park nearby, told him I was evil Jesus. and had to be dealt with. Was that in oh, L.A. or San Clemente? Uh, no, no. At that point, it was New York. Oh, the city? Mm-hmm. Oh, damn. Yeah, so... Um, what part of the city? No, this was when I was in Rochester. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, it was it was pretty bad. Sid and Nancy? Uh, yeah, kind of, I guess. Not. I mean, that would have been more romantic. <laughs> <laughs> was he like a, like a narcissist? Is that... Would that be? I don't know. I don't know what he was. It's just very, very damaged and drug fueled, and yeah. You know, I mean, he basically like we didn't have cell phones then. Sure. And so he basically like it was in the middle of a snowstorm, and he cut the line. I couldn't call out, and he's like pacing around before he came in to beat the you know what out of me and stuff, and. You know, yeah. it's lucky that I I got out and got to a neighbor's and got an ambulance called and stuff. Jesus. And so that's the kind of thing I'm like, how did I get into this situation? I can't get into this situation again. But of course, I don't know what not to do. Are mm-hmm. you guys friends on Facebook? <laughs> that is fucking hilarious. <laughs> no, but my 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 ex husband, I stalk him on Facebook just to make sure because he stalked me in real life. So I'm like, <gasps> I just want to know where you're living. Fair Every so fair. often, I'll check him. He doesn't know. He can't. He's not literate enough just to find me. Just don't look at his LinkedIn because they know. <laughs> no, I don't. No. Uh. Uh-uh. All right. Well, here we come so, down to song number five. Oh, and this is a recent one. I just love this song because it just sums everything up to me. It's a nice timeline. I think so. Thank you. We know something. Wow, okay. Bring it. Just get on the fucking train and leave today, but it doesn't matter where you spend the night. You just might end up somewhere in a fight. It doesn't matter because, I mean, we get so 
ugh, like I don't know, especially in the industry we're uh-huh. in. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like, oh, I'm not getting where I need to be, and everything's like, ah, oh, and then to deal with the mental illnesses I have and the and disorders, just illnesses, disorders, <laughs> I'm back in school whatever. For it. <laughs> yeah, and that's you know, and to deal with all that, and you just want to, you just get so frustrated, you want to give it up and walk away. But then I think about all the times I've I've just walked away from something in my life because uh-huh. of that feeling, and times that I didn't when I should have, mm-hmm. and it confuses me. Yeah. I'm like, is this a time where I should or is this a time where I need to stick it out? Because I don't want regret at this point in my life. Regret is the only emotion you can't control, really. Mm. Right. How did you discover airborne toxic events? I think for many years, like since like I left uh, New York City and upstate New York area um, in 2001, I still for a long time after that listened to this college radio station that was from, I think, the U of R or RIT. Mm-hmm. And it was called WBER. And they always had the cutting-edge music. music. And then, um, you know, com- we started getting the internet picking up. So they were one of the first streaming where mm-hmm. you could listen to them live. And their tagline was to WBR, the only station that matters. Nice. And it was all college kids run and everything. And it would be like, and I think I heard it on that one time streaming it. Like, I think I was living in Vegas at the time. Yeah. And it was streaming. And I've lost track of them. I haven't streamed them in I don't know how long. But, yeah, I just love this song. Compared yeah. to all of the stories you've shared with us today about, you know, the circumstances of the environments you've lived in, the people you've done, the, the risks you've taken in life, like at this stage in your life right now today, you feel like you kind of like have it, have it together. As much as anybody could. Yeah, me too. I know yeah. what, I know what, I know, I think I'm more um, confident in what I want. And I think that's the key. Uh-huh. you got to know what you want and Peace. you've got to be able to work for it. And you've got to... Uh, not only fight for it, but you've got to be clearer about it. It's kind of that be careful for what you wish thing. Uh-huh. You don't regret yeah. the past, but you're not shutting the door. The past right. is what's made me who I am. Yeah. yeah. And I'm okay with that. Cool. I mean, I think there's a couple little regrets here and there, but if I didn't do what I did, it it's the right decision. I made the right decision at the right time because that's the decision I made when I made it. Uh-huh. Wow, and here you are. That's like the story, yeah. the perfect timeline. Mm-hmm. That's such a perfect five yeah. for why yeah, Shuffle. Oh, yay. Kicking off 2018 with a it. perfect, perfect timeline. You didn't pick a song to drop a nugget on. And I any any one of them. Pick you wanna, one. Do you wanna, yeah, let's drop you a nugget on number on the Lou Reed. On number the Lou two. Reed. Yeah, I want to do. This a- one was one of my favorites to look up because Lou was like notorious for hating journalists. Mm-hmm. Like he hated giving interviews. Like if he was in fact um, giving someone an interview, a lot of times he would like ignore the person mm. that was like asking him questions. He would like not answer questions. But then later, like much later in the nineties, um, he was like. I mean, it's not like I don't like journalists. He's like, I just hate talking about myself. And that's why he would be Mm. so mean about giving interviews because he didn't like talking about himself. Yeah, I can get that. I don't. And his music just so poetic and so uh, it's 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 singing. It's musical, but it's so talking. It's so New York. Mm -hmm. It's so that era of New York. Mm -hmm. I love it. And then he ended up um, with Laurie Anderson from the factory and whatever. Laurie Anderson, the, the performance artist, musician. Oh, right. Yeah, she did that one. I remember, I think it was in the late 80s, she did a song that was more performed. It's like Lena Lovitch and mm-hmm. that whole era where she, it was called Trees. Mm. And the main part of the song was, and the trees were made <laughs> entirely of wood. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. 
Well, Lou is all, he's given it to us. He doesn't want to put it back on it's pure art Lou Reed yeah. to me was yeah. pure art in the interesting music. nugget very I, interesting nugget. I like that one too yeah, and too. I think that most people are like that especially artists where we're like we just give 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 and it's so hard to receive mm-hmm. to like take it internally um okay so the way the rest of the show is going to work we've got a couple little games for you Uh-oh. we like to play this game called band name or bar name where David has spent all week researching <laughs> a city uh where there are two Names that he's going to drop. One of them is the name of a bar, and one is the name of a band. You and I, I have no idea what he's going to say, but you and I collectively get to come up with which is which, and uh, there are no prizes, just amazing points, and hopefully... Band name or bar name? That is the name of the game, Tuesday. Band name or bar name. Born in the off-Broadway stages of New York way back in the 90s. Out of the Village Voice. I used to do this as a stand-up routine where um. I would ask the audience out of the Village Voice, am I telling you the name of the club or am I telling you the name of the the uh, the band that's playing at uh-huh. the club? And uh, it's senseless, it's meaningless, but it's loads of it's fun. fun. It's just And fun. it's a contest, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so this is where we are. And I did spend all week this morning researching uh, <clears throat> our beloved host's uh, hometown of oh, Princeton, New Jersey. Oh, okay. This is where Maggie Mayfield was actually born. Mm-hmm. Not raised necessarily, but born That's in Princeton, born. New Jersey. Mm-hmm. So it's been a while, and you, you're, you're obviously not a ringer because you these places I have were, no idea. We're not even around. <clears throat> okay, so we're hanging out in Princeton, <laughs> and the show's over. We're going to go out. Now, I would like us to go and uh, have a little bit to eat at Wood Smoke, you know, because guess who's playing at Wood Smoke today? It is... Mistral is playing at Woodsmoke. And I want you guys to see them. They're a great band. Or I could just as easily say, let's go get something to eat at Mistral and hang out. They got a great bar because Woodsmoke is playing at Mistral. I think Woodsmoke is a band name. See, I want to say that too, but he's a trickster. And I feel like Woodsmoke is like where they put the meat on. Like everything's Woodsmoke. Yeah, but I'm thinking about intelligent College people in Princeton trying to be all mm, interesting. It's a mistral. Look how the power mistral. Mistral. Okay. Yeah. So, and I, I'm, I hope I'm pronouncing it right. It's spelled M I S T R A L. And I thought it was mistrial at first, but it's no, it's mistral. Mm-hmm. Do we know what mistral even means? Isn't that like a mistral is the name of a. Um, uh, I'm sure we can like find it. Like a minstrel, up. like a mistral. It's, it's it M I S T R A L. We're doing some heavy-duty yeah. research in the first episode of... There's a place Barney on Ventura Mi- Boulevard called Mistral. <laughs> really? Right here in our humble yeah, Mistral Sherman Oaks. Okay. All right. Mistral means a strong, cold, northwesterly wind that blows through the Rhone Valley in southern France into the Mediterranean. Oh, it's definitely right. Mistral is a bar name then if it's Princeton. <laughs> I think. You think so? <laughs> yeah. I'm going to okay. go Mistral's the band. I'm going to go You're going to go Mistral's the band. Yeah. And Tuesday is going to go, Mistral is the name of the restaurant. Yeah. Well, let's uh, talk about located in the heart of downtown Princeton. Mistral brings that breath of fresh air to the Princeton area dining scene. Oh. Offering just, a stunning mix of taste, style, and atmosphere. Mistral is recognized for its James Beard decorated chefs and food activist Scott Anderson and a chef de just cuisine. Wood smoke would be like it's oh. too. They, they're just so uppity there. <laughs> they're, just, they're just like, oh, I'm gonna be ironic. Oh, wood smoke is the band. If you go to Mistral in Princeton, uh, New Jersey, you're gonna want to check out the outdoor patio because no matter what the weather is outside, they have got that outdoor 
fresco dining situation, totally covered. You're going to be toasty, warm, and, and, and cool. And thank you, Mistral, for being part of our show. If you want to check out uh, a mix of acoustic and electric instruments uh, that perform a wide range of hits from many genres, covering the classics of Neil Young, the Beatles, and Tom Petty, as well as contemporary artists such as Flaming Lips, uh, Grizzly Bear, and Radiohead, then Wood Smoke features exactly what you want. Originally from the Lehigh Valley, I like they play all over. <laughs> Flaming Lips, and, what was it, Coldplay? And fla- uh, well, Grizzly Bear, Radiohead, are con- yeah. Are all contemporary. <laughs> Zach Martin and 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 uh, Dave Johansson, uh, longtime partners in crime with their music, are still getting it knocked out. Uh, they've been specializing in good times since 2016. So Woodsmoke is the name of the band. Mm. Very good Tuesday. And Mistral is the name of the restaurant. If you're in the Princeton, New Jersey area, check them out now. Uh, all right, now it is your job Tuesday. So that our next guest, anywhere in the entire world, we just need you to pick a place. So I'll can, I can so research can it for research a band. It for the next oh, okay. Um, how about... I know that place very well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Native American place. Uh-huh. See, I got my eyes closed right scared. now because I'm like envisioning a whole map. It's Montana. So when we were talking about upstate New York, how about some place called Cuba, New York? Cuba, Cuba New, New York. York. Okay, we'll look it up. Right. And we can sort of expand the uh, sort of perimeter because mm-hmm. if Cuba doesn't, in, it's so in and around yeah. Cuba. Mm-hmm. We start with Cuba and then we work our way out. Beautiful. I love that. Great choice. Thinking very hard Tuesday, I would love to know, we would both love to know the story of your very first concert. Ever. Oh, my God. <laughs> I love this. Foreigner. Oh! <laughs> Standing in the rain. Where Rochester, was Rochester, New York, where, where Lou Gramatico was from. War, War Memorial. Yeah, Lou Graham, Lou Gramatico, was from Rochester, New York. Did not we know went that. up there, and I remember a friend's parents took us. We smoked so much pot, and then we stopped at a pizza <laughs> hut on the way home, and my friend's parents told my parents, those kids were awful hungry. I, they must have danced a lot at the concert. <laughs> they must have danced so much, because they went through like three pizzas four oh to four that was a great tour oh man. my gosh and then the funny thing was is um i lived in new york city but i used to go to rochester yeah. and because a friend had a business in new york and a business in rochester um i spent a few months managing it and then he'd be in new york and then we'd kind of switch so we'd both go back and forth and right across the street from his business was a coffee shop and Lou Graham used to go to that coffee shop Uh, and he hated me because I would see him when I'm getting my coffee and I'd be like, Hey, Lou, (laughs) I'm hot blooded. Can you check it and see? Oh, (laughs) nice. Or he'd order his coffee and I just go to the, to the barista, get Lou's coffee because it's urgent, urgent, urgent. I would, I would recite these lyrics, you know. And now you're selling out comedy shows. It's freaking, and and the funny thing was he ended up liking this friend of mine and he's married to her now. Oh. Oh. Yeah, I haven't spoken to her in I don't know how long, Wicked. but at the time she was a friend and um, they kind of, this was about the time, I think too I was kind of mean because I didn't realize that it was kind of the time he was going through the brain tumor thing too, mm-hmm. so I, don't know that. I mean... Yeah, he went through a brain tumor. That's so cool. Right He's now. from Rochester Upstate. That's what I'm saying. I just love the Italian. Oh. The name ends in a vowel. Luke Romatico. That's, That's his real name. The Luke War Memorial. <laughs> Rochester. Rock, Excellent. First it. concert. Yeah. Excellent. What about the last concert you went to? Uh, the last concert I went to, jeez. Um, 
Um, That's funny. It's, like, it's so funny because I do so many different things. I mean, I'm around bands. Like, uh-huh. I mean, am I going, like, what's a concert nowadays? Back then, a concert was like, arena, you know, yeah. arena. Now, a concert can be in a club. I mean, the last band I saw was the Cosmic Jetties because they were on Freak Show. There you go. Cosmic you know? Jetties? Cosmic yeah. Jetties. What do they play? Co- they're kind of a uh, alien surf punk, oh, surf cool. rock. That is the coolest way to describe a band ever. They're alien. Yeah, they're, they're alien surf rock. They have um, it's a surf rock thing, but they have robots that come out on stage oh. and people dress as aliens, and their song is all about you know aliens visiting and That's stuff. That's cool. I yeah, like they're it. local. They're great. Um, I did go see. Um, his name just went right out of my head. Um, I went to um, the Troubadour, John Waite. John. Oh, oh yeah! I just saw him. Uh, he was just in Vegas last weekend. November. Oh, I was I just recovering from being mm-hmm. the flu and stuff, and I got to. Yeah, it was funny. And the worst part was these typical LA, over tanned, over made up, low cut, wearing seventy year old women, just crowding that stage. Screen. There was one next to me who was probably. 65 as she was a day she looked good mm-hmm. for her age because it's you know most people do now they don't look like the old 65 it's not like like when the <laughs> golden girls were on right, yeah. right they were their characters were 55 yeah oh, yeah wow. yeah you look at that show now and you're like oh they must be 80 no they were playing 55 year old women that's what 55 year old women look like back hairdos yeah um but she screams out john i want to have your baby i'm like <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, you're lucky if you can well. lose yourself up. Let me I get mean, the adoption on. papers out. <laughs> I want to find a surrogate to have your baby. I tell you. <laughs> it was, oh, he's good though. That's awesome. really That's good. That's Wait, awesome. I haven't thought about it in a while. Well, this is your time to shine. Can you plug your freak show, like where we can go see that, get tickets, and then where we can find you? What's your corner of the internet? Uh, you can find me on facebook.com slash Tuesday Thomas comedian. Um, you can go to TuesdayThomas.com, but you can also go on Facebook to Freak Show LA mm-hmm. or f- www.freakshowla.com for the cool. show. The next show is March 31st at the Globe Theater. And then we're doing in April, we've got some pending dates in San Francisco, Sacramento, uh-huh. and other places to bring the show to because we're doing every other month here and then taking that other month and taking it on the road. That's and you can see that on Facebook, all mm-hmm. that information. Okay. Yeah. Tuesday, oh. Thomas, this has been such a joy. This is so fun. Thank you. Oh, my God. I've been me? looking forward there for this for a while. You kicked off 18 Yay! style. Thank yeah. you so much. Thank you. And again, too, if you want to be a part of the show, we would love to hear our listener songs. So email us at ytuneshuffle at gmail.com and connect with us on social media as well. We would love to connect with you. So at ytuneshuffle. David, thank you. Thank you, Maggie. Thank you.